Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. Hey, Betties. Welcome to the Better Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Stephanie. It is geeky magic time where I step away from the interviews and just talk to you. It's just going to be me and you today. And these episodes, I'm going to bring you personal insights, frequently asked questions, topic du jour in a more condensed, quick, and actionable way. I go hard on the geek, wrap it up with sprinkles and magic for you to do and be better. Let's talk brain inflammation and brain fog. I am a huge fan of the BioOptimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, taurate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovery and health, the list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such a a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. Don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature. We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family, and over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk, and my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. This is our apres-ski. We cozy up with Element Hot After Hours on our cross-country trails. Now, for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea Chocolate Medley and enjoy them hot as I have been doing with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box 
free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate, Melody, you love the best. So this was one of the, probably the most popular topic that I, when I had emailed my community and polled, sent an email out to the community and said, Hey, what do you guys want me to nerd out on? By far the number one topic was brain fog and brain inflammation. And I will also say that as a clinician, this is probably by far the most common complaint that I work with. And particularly this is true for women. So when you use when we use the word brain fog the term in and of itself is essentially meaningless and what i mean by that is someone could come to me complaining of this brain fog and i could have 10 different people and have 10 different protocols for them so what we do know when someone says that they have foggy thinking slow thinking that they have the word in their brain but it just quite can't get down to their mouth that there is some element of inflammation and what we have to do as doctors who are caring for, um, for people complaining of brain fog is find out where that inflammation is coming from. So before we get into all the geeky science and some of the protocols and etiologies, I also just want to share a little fun fact about the brain. It has no nociception. It has no pain sensors. So the brain can legit not experience pain. So I could slice your skull open, that might hurt. But if I were to go into your brain with a with a hand mixer or a pair of egg beaters, you would not feel a thing. But uh, I know it's kind of a gross thought, but um, the, to illustrate the point that we have no pain receptors in the brain, but when there is something that is going awry, it will present like brain fog. So when we're, th- when we're talking about inflammation, there's a couple of... Um, I, there's a couple of definitions that I want to get out of the way just so you understand the unique immune system in the brain. So there's something called the microglial cells. This is basically the immune system in the brain. And fun fact, another fun fact, is that the microglial cells outnumber neurons 10 to 1. And I think most people are unaware of that. We, we all think, okay, the brain has neurons, that's the brain cell. Um, but that isn't necessarily true. We have, of, co- of course, we have neurons, but um, we also have way more microglial cells, way more of that um, brain immune system, those cells of the brain's immune system than we do neurons. So a fun way to uh, remember this, I always call the microglia the pool boys of the brain, right? Those are the lawn keepers of the brain. They are responsible for mowing the lawn, so to speak. So they are disposing of and getting rid of suboptimal neurons. They're removing beta amyloid placking, which is implicated in um, uh, neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's and generally other cellular debris and mess. So if you have a lawn, uh, a lawn keeper who's coming up, he's raking up the leaves, he's cutting the grass, you know, making sure that everything is pristine. That's basically what the microglia, that's their job. But when we have trauma to the brain, so trauma can be physical trauma, it can be chemical uh, trauma, emotional insults, it can cause these microglia to go haywire and it can overactivate these microglia and that can overprune the the brain. So what I mean by that is it's like if you were to hire 
uh, a lawn a lawn keeper and they just cut the trees all the way down rather than just trimming some of the branches. That can happen in the brain as well. So a couple of ways that we can overactivate our microglia, high carbohydrate diets. And if you've known me for a, more than a minute, you know that I'm not a fan of high carbohydrate diets and the impact that they have on the brain because they they produce in the body and in the brain something called accelerated glycated end products or AGEs for short. And really like the acronym A-G-E, age, it does what it the acronym says. It ages the brain. Other ways that we can overactivate our brain's microglial system leading to brain fog and inflammation is a low oxygen environment, which we're going to touch on today, poor circulation and poor vascularity, being sedentary and chronic low-grade stress, things like environmental toxins like mold and, and plastics in our environment, BPAs, and of course, hormones. Hormones can also impact our brains as well. So one of the cool little clinical gems, little clinical pearls that I'll share with you is when we know or when we are suspecting that the brain is inflamed, that we may have this overactivation of our microglial cells, there's actually a little test that you can do. It's crude, um, but it it gives us a lot of clinical insight into whether or not um, you have an an inflamed brain. So We do this by looking at the blood-brain barrier. So the blood-brain barrier is basically the you know the gates of St. Peter's, right? It's like the the soldiers that separate um, the body from the brain. And when the brain is inflamed, we will also have a leaky blood-brain barrier. So in the same way that we hear a lot of talk around having a leaky gut, you can also have a leaky brain via the blood-brain barrier. So one of the clinical pearls that I always like to test with my patients is I actually like to give them GABA, uh, which is a supplement that you can take, and I like to see what the effects are on the patient. So why this is why this is such a cool little trick gaba is actually a huge molecule okay so it is supposed to um, have an inhibitory effect it's supposed to calm you down so if you have a leaky brain or leaky blood brain barrier taking gaba will sedate you it will make you it will if there's if there's permeability in that bbb the gaba will be able to transverse and cross the blood brain barrier so and the, the, actually the opposite is also true as well, because I remember testing this out in a couple of patients. And then I had this paradoxical observation in some patients where I was suspecting that there was brain inflammation. I gave them GABA. And then instead of it having an inhibitory, a calming you know, or sedative effect, it actually had the opposite effect. They were wide awake, like they'd had way too much coffee. So both of those scenarios are confirmatory for me in a clinical setting or in a clinical sense that someone's brain is inflamed because GABA is normally too big to cross the blood-brain barrier. And if it is able to cross the blood-brain barrier, that means that there is an increased permeability in that structure because the microglial cells are going batshit crazy. How do we begin to heal this? Well, first we want to be looking at the three main categories that can cause brain inflammation and cause this leaky brain, air, air quotes, leaky brain. First is chemical insults. 
So diet, so the things that you're eating, medications that you may be taking, environmental toxins, which we've talked about, circadian biology, so your sleep, your stress levels. So um, and w- when we say stress, we're talking about the sympathetic system. We're talking about cortisol and catecholamines. And of course, hormonal, hormonally uh, changes or seeing things like systemic derangement. So when we see hormonal issues, uh, ladies, we're talking about perimenopause, menopause. We may be talking about thyroid or gut issues. And then systemic derangement, again, and more to the ladies and the guys. Again, we're, we'll be talking about a little bit of autoimmunity. So let's let's break these down piece by piece. Chemical insults through the diet. Okay, this is one of the areas that I really feel that the Estima diet has excelled at because we are bringing your carbohydrate um, intake down, and the carbohydrates that you are taking in are in the form of green leafy vegetables. They're in the form of fiber and resistant starches, which are very anti-inflammatory. Um, so I really love for um, a woman or a man, truly, uh, if you are noticing that you are inflamed, that you have that brain fog, I love a short therapeutic window of nutritional ketosis. So you can do that as a woman, if she's never done keto before, obviously you want to be doing a, a female appropriate ketogenic diet, which is what I just described, where you're having lots of green leafy vegetables, resistant starches and all of that. And Typically, I'll put a woman on a nutritional, that sort of therapeutic window of nutritional keto uh, ketosis or that ketotic state for a minimum of 28 days to start. And then I may repeat that 28-day cycle depending on um, you know, how inflamed she is, what, you know, if she has weight, if we have, you know, excess adiposity that we're also trying to um, look at as well. We're looking to get rid of excess fat loss, uh, et cetera. And then after that, once we, you know, I give her that GABA test and then she passes it, then we can start cycling up and down the macronutrients, right? So whether if she is um, still having her period, then we can uh, base it on her menstrual cycle, which is another tenant of the Estima diet. Um, or if it's in the case of menopause, if she's not having her period anymore, then we will protein cycle instead of protein and carb um, cycle. So that is a really powerful way that you can change the, your chemistry truly from the inside out is through your diet. Um, we've talked about environmental toxins. Another way that you can actually influence your inflammation through uh, your diet is through supplementation. So I actually love to give flavonoids um, to patients. So because they have such a well-documented role in dampening brain inflammation. So uh, Two favorites are resveratrol. Um, this has been shown to inhibit the NF-kappa-B pathway. It is a, a sirtuin activator. We talked about this with um, uh, Dr. David Sinclair. I believe he was episode number 10. I will put it in the show notes. I can't remember what number he was actually, but we did a big geeky magic carpet ride on sirtuin activation. Resveratrol ha- um, was a big part of that. And the other one I love is uh, EGCG, which is the uh, plant compound uh, found in green tea. So David Sinclair talked about this as stressed plant compounds. So when these plants are stressed, they produce these sirtuin activating compounds like resveratrol and, and like ECGC. Um, did I say that right? ADDC, ACDC, EGCG. Uh, another um, flavonoid or another supplement that I love to use is curcumin. Um, Dr. Uh, Dale Bredesen, when we, he was on the podcast, we were geeking out about 
amyloid precursor protein and how it can either get cleaved at, like when it gets cleaved at a certain site, um, it will either decide whether or not to make plaque. So if it gets cleaved at the alpha site, no alpha placking is going to be laid down in the brain. But if it gets cleaved at the beta or the gamma sites, this is when we start to see this amyloid blade, of, um, this placking get uh, laid down in the brain as, as Dr. Bredesen called it, like napalm. But curcumin has been shown to prevent the cleaving at the beta and the gamma site. So it actually gets cleaved where it should at the alpha site and then no amyloid placking is laid down. And for Indian food lovers like myself, uh, having lots of curries. So the Indian cuisine is, oh my God, like my mouth is actually watering as I'm saying this. <laughs> like the curries that the Indian... Um, that Indian cuisine has in it is so great. So that bright yellow that you see in the curry, and sometimes they'll also put it in their rice, the active ingredient in in turmeric, which is that which is that component, is the curcumin, and it's super great for anti-inflammatory um, um, uh, properties. And now all I want is like a sag paneer and a naan. So, um, oh, I love I love Indian food. Um, okay, so the next thing that we can talk about in terms of bringing down brain inflammation and brain fog are uh, optimizing your circadian biology. I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster. And of course, stress reduction with the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna. It's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount. That is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout. So sleep, of course, the number one thing, I mean, honestly, sleep is like, if you want to lose weight, if you want to look younger, you want to, um, and you want to improve your brain fog, sleep is so important when you think about your brain health. It brings down that microglial activation and it also improves fuel partitioning. So when you are sleep deprived, your body actually does not use glucose as efficiently as it can. It doesn't produce energy as efficiently as it can. And generally when you're sleep deprived, you, you generally feel like crap and you just want more sugar. Like you want that quick energy anyway. So it's a really great way when you're thinking about having or optimizing for sleep uh, or having a longer sleep cycle. And by the way, ladies, we have about a 30 minute longer sleep cycle than the guys. So, um, really important for you. If you are co-sleeping with, um, with a male, uh, you, naturally will sleep uh, for an average of 15 to 30 minutes longer than, um, than your partner. So sleep is super important. Chronic stress. So I think I talk about this. Um, I don't know how many times I brought this up on the podcast, hopefully not ad nauseum yet, but really wanting to bring about this idea that when you are chronically stressed, so you have a job that is sucking your soul, you have a boss or a coworker that stresses you out, or you are in a partnership or there's a family member or there's unresolved trauma 
from your past, this is going to activate inflammation, not only in the brain, but in the body. And generally what is inflammatory to the body is also going to be inflammatory to the brain. So things like sitting for long periods of time, uh, you know, ruminating on the boss that you hate or the, or the partner that drives you crazy or the kids that are driving you up the wall. This chronic low-grade stress is also going to jack up your cortisol levels. It is going to jack up your insulin levels. It is going to make you, again, an inferior... Um, it is going to change the way that you make energy into a more inefficient way. And it's generally going to cause... Uh, 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 it's going to reap more havoc. And then moving into hormones, um, there's so many, I could probably do like 30 different solo podcasts on hormones, but generally I, I want to focus on testosterone. So the two ways that we see inflammation in the brain as it relates to testosterone is low testosterone in men and high testosterone in women. Now with men, and I've talked about this with, um, with Afruz Demery, she's a dear friend of mine and colleague on an upcoming podcast. We're going to be talking about uh, testosterone and how uh, it affects our sperm, like the, not our, but <laughs> male sperm counts, our, our race, you know, the human race, male sperm counts. Um, and the fertility generally of the human race is at risk here, right? When we have low T in men, I mean, men are the seed and women are the soil. So we really have to be thinking about how we can be improving testosterone in our men. And there really is this um, estrogenization uh, of men that we're seeing. And, and this is partly in due, uh, due to increased insulin um, in the body. So when you are taking in a lot of carbohydrates, carbohydrates are broken down into glucose and then the, the, the hormone that pairs with glucose is insulin. So high insulin levels are going to increase something called aromatase, which is the, um, the intermediary that, that converts testosterones into estrogens. So this is why taking you know, if somebody is eating a very high carbohydrate diet, if a guy is eating a very high carbohydrate diet and we do some lab tests and we say, hey, he has low T, giving him more testosterone is kind of silly because all his aromatase activity is already really high. So he's just going to take all of that testosterone and convert it even, you know, and just convert it all to estrogen. What we have to do is we have to increase his natural um, testosterone. And I'll do a separate solo podcast on low T um, in men because it is a really, really important um, topic for everybody and all the people who love, if you have men in your life and you're suspecting that there's low T, um, we do want to, there are some really great strategies that we can do to help out with that. And on the flip side, high T in women, it's often related to insulin resistance. Um, and we see this in women in polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, this is also um, how we can increase inflammation in general in the body in, uh, in a female. So those are some ways that we can increase brain fog. What I really wanted to talk about is the basic neuronal needs that your nerves have and how you can improve that. So the first thing, I talked about this earlier, oxygenation, okay? So I would notice... Um, this peculiar pattern, um, I would usually take a new patient somewhere around, you know, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning. You know, we'd have a rush of patients between seven and nine, getting their adjustments, getting their rehab in before work. 
And then 9, 10, 11 o'clock uh, was a little slower. So that's typically when I would see a new patient. And part of my intake process would, would be to pop an oximeter on a patient's finger and, wa- and look at their oxygenation levels. So an ox, uh, pulse ox is something you can just pick up on Amazon. They're not very expensive. And they're basically looking at how much oxygenation is getting to the tip of your finger. Now, a normal reading is 98% or higher. So 98, 99, 100. And I would notice that in people at like 10 in the morning or 11 in the morning, I was getting pulse ox readings of like 94%, which is ridiculous. So when we think about if you're not getting oxygen to your extremities, um, just because you're breathing doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting oxygen into the brain. So women and men who have anemia, uh, low blood pressure, hypothyroidism or low-functioning thyroid, hypoglycemia, insulin resistance, as, as we've already discussed, the, this particular population is at an increased risk for low oxygen, like a low um, oxygenation levels in the brain. So how you can improve your oxygenation is this really weird thing. Um, it's free. Uh, it's called breathing. And what uh, and it, there's there's things called uh, or uh, practices called breath work that you can engage in. And I have recently picked up breath work, and it is it is a workout, but it's basically a circular type of breathing pattern. So you're inhaling and exhaling, inhaling, exhaling, and you're doing this circle breath. So there's not um, there's not a lot of time in between the inhale and the exhale. You're just inhaling, exhaling, inhaling, exhaling in in a circle. And you do that for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And you, I mean, honestly, I get high off of this. Like I get, I get, there's, you are completely oxygenating the body, increasing the oxygen perfusion, using the lower lobes of the, of the lungs, toning up the diaphragm, uh, trying to breathe into your belly. And it has been such a game changer for me. Um, if this seems a little bit weird, um, because let's be honest, I'm super weird and I do, I try all these different biohacky type things. If breathwork seems like it's a little out there for you, what you can do is you can go for a walk in the evening after dinner because naturally our oxygenation levels drop as the day goes on. So we want to get you, we want to get as much, much oxygen as we can, especially in the evening, because if you are already at like a 94% at 10 in the morning, by evening, you're probably hovering around 91 or 92, maybe even lower. And that's hypoxia. That's like too low of uh, an oxygen environment for your brain. So you can either do the breath work and maybe if there's interest and let me know if there is, um, I can do actually one of these solo episodes. I can actually do a breath work session for you or you can go for a walk in the evening. All right. And then there's a couple other things I wanted to talk about before wrapping this up. Um, my dear friend, Jim Quick, talks about when we talk about neuronal needs, we've talked about oxygen. He talks about this idea of um, the brain needs two things. It needs nutrition and it needs novelty. And nutrition, we've talked about it already, having a carbohydrate appropriate diet like the Estima diet, where you are in a ketotic state for a specific period of time. And then you can cycle in and out of it so that you can maintain that metabolic flexibility. You're able to run on ketone bodies. And a lot of people in my program, once they're in that ketotic state, the ketone bodies give you so much energy. You get downloads and energy, like you have... um, 
you know, the energy seems endless because it often will, it's often when we are running on ketone bodies or primarily on ketone bodies, it can never be a hundred percent in the brain. Um, but when we are primarily running on ketone bodies, we will usually produce less oxidant, uh, these sort of free radicals. So it all, it's also really great for the brain as well. So we've talked about the glucose bit, but I want to talk about the novelty because I think that that's really cool. So Jim will do things like uh, brushing his teeth with his opposite hand. So if you're right-handed and you always brush your teeth with your right hand, maybe tomorrow you want to try and brush your teeth with your left hand, or you want to carry your bag on the opposite shoulder, or maybe you want to do things like riddles, you know, like what's a room that doesn't have a door? That would be a mushroom, ladies and gentlemen, you know, which month has 28 days? That would be all of them. <laughs> wah, wah. So you can, you can, these, these different ways of stimulating your thinking and your cognitive patterns and even your mechanical patterns, right? Carrying the bag on the opposite side, brushing your teeth on with the opposite hand um, or taking a new exercise class, like, you know, feeling like you have four left feet. Um, these are ways that we can drive new stimulation to the brain because your brain loves new, right? Loves new. So I hope that this has been really useful for you. The takeaway points here are going to be to reduce the insults that we have to the brain. And the insults kind of fall into those three main categories that we've been talking about. The chemical insults, optimizing for circadian biology, so not being sleep deprived, uh, stress management, managing our hormones, and then, um, and, and, you know, kind of depending on whether you're male or female, you know, we're talking about menopause and perimenopause. We're talking about um, low testosterone in men. And of course, making sure that you move and that you oxygenate your body um, and your brain and that you're giving yourself new things to, um, to work on. And I know that this seems really broad and it's like, okay, she's basically telling me to eat better, move better, think better. And I am. Um, but just one of these things that we've talked about today can make massive strides for you over the long term. So my challenge to you, should you choose to accept it, my better family, my better army, is to, tr- to pick one of the things that we've talked about today and to do it for the next month. So maybe that is the Estima diet. Maybe that is making sure that you get eight hours of sleep for the next 30 days or that you engage in self-care and you are working on things that are going to help reduce your stress levels and you balance your hormones see how you feel in 30 days. Like we can do, or like try to brush your teeth with your left hand uh, for the next 30 days, take a new class. You know, we can do anything for 30 days. I think, you know, when we think about the broad span of your life, trying something new and sticking to it uh, for 30 days, I think is a really great self-challenge. And I would actually love to hear about it. So if you are not part of the Facebook community, join our Facebook community and you can let me know what you thought of this podcast and whether or not you're taking up the 30-day challenge and whether or not your brain fog improved. So I hope that you found this uh, extra geek, extra magic, uh, extra special, and uh, I'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's Geeky Magic Carpet Ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast, and I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. And now for the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer. 
This podcast is for general information only, and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship formed, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. This episode is brought to you by yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Estima and Leverage. Leverage handles all production, creates the images that you see on my social media, and takes out all my awkward pauses. They are my secret magic bullet. You can visit them at getleverage.com forward slash better.